I apologize for not being able to give you more background. <clears throat> I was voted on a number of occasions the number one man in America to hate. I love that. I was sued by Planned Parenthood and the NOW in 27 different jurisdictions on the day I filed bankruptcy. I had lawsuits all over the country because of my peaceful pro-life work. Always peaceful, but they sued me because we were saving babies and we were making life miserable for the child killers. There's just so much history I'd like to talk to you about, but what I'm going to ask you to do is to read the brochure that I give you. I'm going to ask you to go to my website, randallterry.com. Our Operation Rescue 20 website is under construction. Actually, there's modifications being made, so it's down right now. That will be up again shortly. But the, the, I have no hidden agenda. I am, I'm an Italian by culture, and Italians wear everything on the sleeve. I have no hidden agenda. I am here to recruit you in order that we can train you, in order that we can unleash you as a weapon in the hand of God right into the enemy's camp of child killing. Our goal is not merely to witness against child killing. Our goal is not simply to fight against child killing. Our goal is to crush child killing underfoot, to obliterate it from America, and by the grace of God and with the help of God, to set the wheels in motion for the protection of law to be restored, not only to babies in America, but to babies all over the world. America is a leader. We know this. And if we prevail and make child killing illegal in this nation again, because it used to be illegal before you all were born, if we prevail in our battle, it will set the wheels in motion to be, a, to be a wall of defense for the Latin American countries and some of the African countries that are still hanging on. And it will help with the nations of Europe that have so horribly apostatized. All right. Is it God's will that we have child killing, yes or no? No. No. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Are babies being killed in heaven? No. This is not the will of God. So if it's not the will of God that children are being killed, the question we have to ask is, why are children being killed? Obviously, we are His hands and we are His feet in the earth. So there's something either that we are not quite getting right or something that we're doing wrong or both. And that's what I want to focus on for a couple of minutes. But more importantly... The goal that I have is for those of you who have a vision and a passion to be a part of the army that ends the killing of children in America, we want you to come to Philadelphia on the Friday and the Saturday after Thanksgiving. There will be two days of intensive training. <clears throat> Father Pavon will be there. Some really seasoned pro-life activists who have the right bars on their shoulder and the right scars on their back. Always remember that. A person is known by their friends and their enemies. A person's authority and the weight of gravitas that they have is not only the bars on their shoulder, it's the scars on their back, the battles that they have been through. And you're going to have an opportunity to hear some incredibly seasoned warriors. Now, back to the question, why is child killing here? Well, first of all, before I say things that might sound a little bit hard in their assessment, because I've been doing this for almost my entire adult life. So I bring a pretty unique perspective. But before I'm too hard on, on us as a movement, I want you to know that the pro-life movement has succeeded in keeping child killing a struggle. And unfortunately, Rudy Giuliani shows the danger that we're in because he's the first Republican pro-hardcore pro-abort 
that has even been remotely considered seriously since Roe versus Wade. Literally. So, um, we we're in a crisis, but the reason that the pro-life plank is in the Republican Party is because of the pro-life movement. Abortion mills have been cut in half. Crisis pregnancy centers have doubled. Homes from with mothers are blossoming everywhere. There are incredible services to women who are pregnant. Post-abortive women are finally coming forward with groups like Silent No More and Rachel's Vineyard. But all of that being said, we still have over one million children every year who are being decapitated and thrown into dumpsters or flushed into sewers. It's an unthinkable injustice. It's literally unimaginable. So why is it here? I'm going to give you a couple reasons. And I'm going to ask you to recognize that what I'm about to say is in seed form. When you come to Philadelphia, you're going to get the training that you need to go back into your communities after you're out of college or when you're on vacation. You get the training that you need to do things that will keep the ball moving forward, but ultimately our goal is to create the avalanche that ends child killing. The number one reason why child killing exists in America today, number one, is because... The Catholic hierarchy and the evangelical megastars have not dealt with child killing with the rhetoric and the actions that are commensurate to the crime. That's why it's here right now. Because the Catholic hierarchy, the bishops in, the bishops in particular, and the evangelical Protestant mega-ministries, denominations, Assembly of God, TBN, these host of evangelical radio shows, and I know because I spent 30 years in that world, they have not dealt with child killing with the rhetoric and with the action that it deserves. A rhetoric and an action that are commensurate with the crime. We hold the future, the Church of Jesus Christ, the baptized community, and let's please not break down into a theological discussion for right now of what the church is. But assuming at least those who have a Trinitarian baptism, who profess a loyalty to Christ at some level. The reason it exists is because we allow it to exist. Dr. Francis Schaefer said every abortion clinic should have a sign over it that says this abortion clinic operates with the blessing and approval of the Christian community. And the reason is because 80% of this nation is baptized. Is abortion murder yes or no? Yeah. Alright, when's the last time in your parish, in your community, you heard the priest from the pulpit say abortion is murder? Have you ever heard it? Good, some of you have. Some of you come from good parishes, that's probably why you're here. Your parents probably picked the best parish they could find. Your parents are radicals, half of you are homeschooled. You're the fringe element, I know who you are. <laughs> Alright? So you're going to pick the best parish in the community. But the reality is that statistically you come from a community where the bishop has never said the truth. Now here's, here's something that could be said. Tell me if this is correct. Number one, no Christian can in good conscience vote for any candidate, for any office, from any party who supports the killing of children. Is that a true statement theologically? So, you've got... I didn't hear what he said. I'll tell the jokes, buddy, okay? <laughs> um, if you're going to drive a car 
to the bank and someone's going to rob it. And he gets in over here and says, I'm going to go rob the bank. And you say, okay, hop in. And you drive him. He gets out of the car. You wave. You drive away. He robs the bank. Did you participate in the theft or the sin of theft? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. It's not a lot of dots. It's one, two dots to connect. It's a straight line. If a candidate says, I support the right to choose, that's a clever way of saying, I believe that little babies should, that women should be allowed to pay a man who rips them from their mother's womb and throws them in a garbage heap. And you say, and they say, I need to get to office. And you say, oh, come on, get in my car. I'll drive you there. It's going into the voting booth and clicking a little lever. Have you participated in the sin of child killing, yes or no? See, yes you have. There's blood on the hands of the Christian community because we have knowingly voted for people like Bill Clinton. People are ready to vote for Rudy Giuliani. These are Hillary Clinton. It doesn't matter. It's nonpartisan. But if you vote for somebody who wants to kill children, you are participating in that sin. You have a share in that guilt. So, tragically... The Christian leadership of this country is terrified to simply say the truth. Just say the truth. Now you hear people go, oh, we're going to our tax exempt status. Can you imagine Saints Peter and Paul, Justin Martyr saying, look guys, we're just as pro-life as you, we hate abortion, but we are in a real financial pinch right now, and we need those big tax deductible gifts coming in. Please tone down the abortions, all right? I'm sorry. Can anyone... Believe that the apostles, with the valor and the, and the wisdom that conquered pagan Rome and obliterated the Greco-Roman false gods, does anyone believe that they would sit idly by and say so little? Why are we more afraid of offending the government by what we say than offending God by what we don't say? So, we need to say, we need our Christian leaders to say, if you vote for somebody who wants to kill children, you have participated in that evil. And number two, to say to those, those candidates and to those politicians, if you are running for office or you hold office and you support the killing of children, we don't want to hear you go, well, I'm personally opposed to abortion, but I don't want to impose the rule of the church and a civil blah, blah, blah. All right? If you support the killing of children, do not present yourself for communion. Is that good theology? That's all we're looking for them to do. Just to say those two things. A Christian cannot in good conscience vote for any candidate from any party, for any office who supports the killing of children. And if you are a candidate or an office holder and you support the killing of children, do not present yourself for killing. If the Christian leadership of this country would do just that, probably within six years, maybe eight years, we could have this behind us completely. Because you would turn over the government. You understand? God graced us with a country where you can have a revolution every two years. You can elect the entire House of Representatives. The whole U.S. Senate is gone in six years. Every governor's mansion in the country, except one, I think, is a four-year term. There might be one that's a two-year term. We could have the mechanisms of government be filled with righteous men and women who will protect life, which is the first duty of government, to protect life, liberty, right? So we've got, we've got a crisis in our government, but the reason that crisis exists is because people are putting party ahead of principle. I'm a lifelong Republican. My parents were lifelong Democrats. I will do everything in my power to deny Rudy Giuliani the nomination. And then if he gets the nomination, to deny him the presidency. If 
thought someone was going to clap. Man, this is a tough crowd. <laughs> I could tell jokes. If you're driving at the speed of light and you turn on your headlights, will anything happen? Okay. Um, we need... The, the great crisis in this country right now is for courageous men and women. Listen to me. I've, I'm 45 years old. I've had a lot of experience. I've been to jail over a year, different prisons. I can tell you where the best prison food is in the country. <laughs> and the worst. I was almost raped when I was in jail once. I have lost everything to the abortion movement. They sued us and got everything. When I say everything, I mean they got everything. My 120-acre leadership retreat, my life savings vaporized. And I just got up and shook myself off. And said, okay, is that all you've got? Let's go, bring it on. My goal is to dance on the grave of Roe versus Wade and to live to see the total obliteration of legalized child killing in this country because of you. Now, that's why I'm here. Father Frank Pavone and I are the youngest of the first generation of pro-life leaders. Pro-life leaders are dying and retiring, people. You know this? They're dying. John Cardinal O'Connor is dead. Jerry Falwell is dead. D. James Kennedy is dead. You hardly ever hear anything from Father Marks. You hardly ever hear anything from other leaders. I don't want to say their names because I don't want anyone to be offended, but slowly but surely they're retiring and dying. There is a massive leadership void. But we cannot afford to have the new leadership be even more timid than the first generation of leaders. We need a leadership that is marked by courage. For those of you who make mental notes to self, mark this, write this down. Courage is the chief virtue. Now, I don't want to have a theological debate over whether love is, but the reason that courage is the chief virtue, at least in my opinion, is because it propels all the other virtues into action in the hour and location they're needed. If you, don't, if you know what the loving thing to do is, but you don't have the courage to do it, what gets it? If you know what the truth is, but you don't have the guts to say the truth in that moment, then what good is knowing the truth? We are desperate for men and women of courage, now here's the next thing to remember about courage. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing what's right in spite of your fears. Say that with me. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is doing what's right in spite of your fears. Sometimes you're doing the right thing, your knees are knocking. The ladies are lucky, they can have a really long skirt and no one can see their knees. Us guys are sitting there and our whole suit is shaking. <clears throat> You can be afraid and still do the right thing. The issue is to determine what's right and then do it at all costs. And it will cost us. Part of the crisis we're facing, <clears throat> if I say to you, what do you think about the German church? Where does your mind go? Nine out of ten of you, your mind will go to the German church during World War II and before, in the 30s. You didn't think about higher criticism or Martin Luther. A couple of you might have, but you don't think about Karl Barth. You think about... The trainloads of Jews being taken away and the Christians singing louder so they didn't hear their cries for help. You think about the failure of the Christian community. <clears throat> I submit to you that my generation and older, we are in for a much harsher contempt from future generations. Because if Christians stood up against Hitler, at the beginning the, the cost wasn't that high, but as time went on, they were risking imprisonment, torture, and death. 
If we stand against child killing and we denounce it and we cry out against it and we work to stop it, what do we risk? Some bad press. Some people won't invite us to their parties. So what? Jesus said, blessed are you when men hate you, when they revile you, when they cast your name out as evil, <clears throat> when they separate you from their company, when they say all manner of evil against you falsely. He said, rejoice in that day. Leap for joy. That's the way they treated the prophets that were before you. Now, I'm going to make one caveat about that for me personally, because my staff has begged me to. The second thing I'm going to do is give you the six tracks, and then we're open it up for questions. If you do a Google on me, which some of you will, you are going to see a basically a dump truck full of false accusations, half-truths, and outright lies. And it has been the enemy's number one weapon of choice right now to, to try and distract people from what we're trying to do. I went through a divorce, uh, it's going on 10 years now, and divorce is hell. The church annulled my marriage. My wife and I have a Catholic marriage. We have four beautiful babies that are less than four years between them. We had three, two, one, and newborn. Three in diapers. So our house is, right now it's five, three, two, and one. Life is chaos. We are traveling in an RV. Andrew and I live in the RV with our boys. We have another RV where two of the staff live. It's an adventure. But um, we're doing 10 weeks of recruiting. This will be the sixth college that I've spoken at in the last six days. So I'm taking this serious recruiting. But there are things out there written by people who do not like you. And they're just not. The only thing that's true out there is that I went through a divorce. All the other accusations about my family, my personal life, money, all this stuff is just its crazy. But Jesus said, blessed are you when men falsely accuse you. My attorney, who is also just came into the church, he said, Randall, you have to accept that this is the occupational hazard of being Randall Terry. <laughs> so, it is what it is. All right, six tracks. <clears throat> We're going to come Friday and Saturday. We're going to have a track that's politics, judiciary, legislation, to learn it from soup to nuts, as much as we can condense in a four-hour session for you. Because some of you have got a heart for government. You want to get involved. Next, women's health issues, post-abortive women's issues, breast cancer, cervical cancer, how to start a Silent No More or Rachel's Vineyard. We want to have people who can relate to this as a woman's issue. Third, at the abortion mill. What to do at the abortion mills? Sidewalk counseling, protests, how to make the abortionist's life miserable in his community. I'll come back to that in a minute. Are they child killers? Yes. If it was a Nazi, would, his, would you say, let's make his life miserable? You, you follow me? I'm going to come back to that. All right, so third is at the abortion mill. Fourth is um, leadership. How to start and sustain a pro-life community in your area when you go home. That's comprehensive. Some people go to the mills and they hate the people who just do education. Like, you're wimps, we're down here sacrificing in the sun and the rain and the heat and the cold. And they, you never go to the abortion mills. And the political people are saying, you people who are at the abortion mills are rabble-rousers. You make life miserable for us. Shut up over there. There's this, if, for those of you who don't know, the pro-life movement is very fragmented. It's a tragedy. We must have a new generation that appreciates all of the facets and recognizes that we are an army. And in an army you have medics, you have chaplains, you have people who cook the food, you have people who take care of the prisoners, you have people that charge the bullets, you have generals, all the way down to privates. The pro-life movement is an army. We are on a mission. And the mission is the pursuit of justice. Alright, so, we'll have a leadership one. We'll have a clergy one. Clergy dealing with clergy. 
Father Pavon will be speaking. Other clergy will be speaking. How to overcome fear. How to not be afraid of the IRS. What you can and can't say and how you can get rid of your tax-exempt status. Just get rid of it. There are ways to do it. And then the sixth one, I can't remember, but it will come to me. Oh, communications. The rhetoric of the movement. How to decimate their rhetoric, how to use our rhetoric, cutting-edge rhetoric, and how to use old-world media techniques, old-school media and new-school media. How many of you have ever done a press conference? The reason you saw Terry Schiavo's story two times is because the family asked me to lead the charge. I am the technical, behind-the-scenes reason, like the Wizard of Oz. I'm the guy that was orchestrating the media. The first time, she was going to die in obscurity, and no one even knew who she was. I didn't know who she was. Somebody said, you've got to help this woman. I said, I don't even know who she is. The family has to ask me to come. They asked me to come down. I said, this is what we're going to do. Boom, 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 boom. And within 10 days, it was a national news story. We were meeting with Governor Bush. We had all kinds of coverage, and her life was saved. The tube was put back in the first time. Two years later, same deal. They called me up. You might have seen me on TV. I, was, I don't even know how many times I was on TV. But I was leading the media strategy, oftentimes being their spokesman, and we lost for reasons that were completely out of our control. So if you want to learn about media, communications, how to get abortion where it deserves to be on the front page, come. Those are the six tracks. Big sessions together, then the tracks. Then we're also going to go to the abortion clinic. Listen to me. I am not asking you to come and get arrested in front of an abortion clinic. I'm asking you to come and get trained. So some of you will be hearing, oh, he wants all of us to get arrested and we'll be, uh, have to drop out of school and blah, blah, blah. It's not true. All right? It's not true. You tell them, no, I heard Randall say specifically that it's not accurate. The admission for this event is zero. Just get there. We have inexpensive rooms at the Hilton Garden and at the Lowe's. Last thing, then we open it for questions. One of the ways that you can check if a philosophy or an idea about the pro-life movement works is to take the word abortion out and put slavery in or take the word abortion out and put killing Jews in. So if you hear somebody, for example, I've got this candidate that I want to vote for, just to focus on politics for a minute. I've got this candidate I want to vote for. He's right on foreign policy. He's right on uh, education. He's right on taxes. He's pro-life. He's dead on. The only problem is he thinks that white people should be able to own Negroes. <laughs> That's what Dr. King called them. People of color. I don't know what the correct phrase is. Can I vote for this man? Yes or no? He wants to repeal the 13th and 14th Amendment so that you can have the choice to own a dark-skinned person. So if you take the word... I know, it's, you can laugh. You guys are a tough crowd. <laughs> Man, I know I'm at least a little funny. You know what I'm saying? I am a little funny. Trust me. <laughs> it's me, your former president. I'm begging you, do not go to help Randall Terry, please. <laughs> But if you could help Hillary get elected, I could be cruising the country. Hey, I'll come party with you, as a matter of fact. Never been to Christendom. That's the first time for everything. <laughs> so, just take out the word abortion, put in slavery, put in killing Jews, and then see if it works. Then you can expose the idiocy of something quickly. Because there's a lot of people that mean well in the pro-life movement that are talking gibberish. What they say tries to deaden us to the horrific reality that children are being killed. We need people to rise up and fulfill their duty and to say and do the things that are commensurate with murder. If someone's about to be killed in front of you, you only do two things. Scream or help. 
ah, call 911, you start screaming, right? Or if you're big enough and you think you can take them out or distract them, you'll try and physically intervene. That's your option. You don't say, this is a horrible situation, let's go say a rosary, <laughs> right? Or, you know, there are a lot of people that think that your reaction, I see you yelling, but there are people that think your reaction is too strong, you're turning people off. Questions? Hey, before you ask questions, fill these cards out. If you want to make a commitment to come to Philadelphia, just write that on the top. Please. I, we're going to share this. We'll come around and collect them. And yes. then after the question and answer period, we'll have the drawing for the t-shirt. Fill those out. We want to, if you want to give us your name and address, your email, please put it down. Even if you're not sure if you can come to Philly, we will share these names between the two of us. All right? By the way, that table full of my books, what's a gallon of gas cost about these days? Almost three bucks, right? We have two RVs. We are going around the country. You are poor college students, right? But all of you have three bucks. So all of my books that are all normally $10, my music CD, you can have it for a gallon of gas. Now, if you are broke and you literally have no money, and that means you can't go to Starbucks, okay? Don't take my book for free and then read and drink it at Starbucks. Yeah, this is a great book. Latte, please. <laughs> if you're broke, you can have one book for free, my gift to you. But please, if you can help us, I'll autograph any book you want. I wrote all of them as a prisoner, either in state prison, federal prison, or in county jails. Listen, Paul wrote in jail, I can write in jail. I'm not as good a writer as him, but it's something. All right, questions? Sir. Um, my response to that would be, here, pass these around, please. My response would be, no, write yourself in. Because part of what we need is intra-party discipline. If Rudy Giuliani gets the nomination and Hillary gets the nomination, who would you rather see as president? Now listen to me. It, Hillary is the answer. And here's why. Because an enemy outside of your camp makes you vigilant. An enemy in your camp makes you dead. If you come from a family of Republicans and your Democrat gets elected, then you focus on them. You are vigilant. You're watching. If a pro-abortion, pro-homosexual marriage lunatic like Rudy Giuliani gets elected, he will be in the camp. And then one by one in the middle of the night, they can slip into your tent and cut your throat. We need the discipline of a defeated Giuliani. We need to say to the Republican leadership, for those of us who are Republicans, never do this again any more than you would give us a pro-slavery Ku Klux Klan. Because at the end of the day, slavery is evil, but killing is way more evil because a slave can get free. A child who's been murdered cannot get undead. Next question. Yes. We are in way worse shape, way worse shape. There's a leadership void. There's not much happening. You have various political groups that are choking the life out of courageous people. Your biggest obstacle for that uh, bill that they tried to pass in South Dakota was actually a pro-life group based in Washington, D.C. Working behind the scenes to try and get it to... You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's, de it's demonic. So we're in trouble. But here's the thing. 
This is what makes me so excited. The polling data shows that your generation is 10 times more pro-life than your parents and their generation. You guys, this is like a time bomb of victory. All we have to do is train you and unleash you. And we will win. We will win. You will be remembered as a part of the, of the fighting force that brought child killing to an end in this country. You'll be remembered in eternity and in time. You just have to integrate this as a part of your vocation. I'm not asking all of you to become full-time pro-life activists. I'm asking you to integrate into your heart, soul, mind, your lifestyle, a vision to end the killing. And then that you do and you say the things that are commensurate with this crime. Next question. One more question. Then I want, I'm, I'm, listen, I want you to take the books because I want your brain to be fed. I want you to take the books because we need gas money. This is a huge deal. And I want you to please remember my wife in your prayers. Just picture driving around for 10 weeks in an RV with four boys, none of whom can wipe their own hind end, right? Just be real graphic here. <laughs> We're trying to get the five-year-old there, right? We're right in the cusp. He just turned five. Any other questions? Again. Did you have your hand up, sir? Go ahead. become activists. What's happening is that one by one these groups are becoming irrelevant. If you take the field, my greatest joy is that you surpass me, that you outstrip me. I don't want to do this for a living. I hate this. I hate it. I don't want to talk about abortion. I don't want to see pictures of abortion. I don't want to have women come up to me afterwards crying and saying I killed my baby. Pray for me. I hate this. I'm doing this as a matter of duty. Because I love and fear God, and God's hand is on me to do something. And I have a gift given to me by the Lord to lead people into battle. Now, you won't agree with every single thing you've ever heard me say and do. That's okay. The issue is for you to do it, for you to fight, for you to get the training that you need, so that you can become a dread to hell. I want your names to be known in hell. I mean every syllable of what I'm saying. <laughs> Remember when the seven sons of Sceva tried to cast the demon out? And they said, we command you by Jesus who Paul preaches. Come out of that man. And the demons turned on and said, Jesus we know, Paul we know. Who are you? <laughs> I want them to say, Jesus we know, and blank, fill in your name, we know. Do you have your question? Otherwise I'm going to let you go. God's peace be with you, Jack. I'll turn it back over to you. Thank you for your kindness.